Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Today, uh, Kelly and I are tag-teaming. And uh, last week, uh, Andrick and Rhonda did a phenomenal job here at Moffitt Campus. Adam and Danielle over at airport and just incredible things happening there at Foley. Can we just bless God for what he's doing here in the house and just really so thankful for the, really so thankful for the wonderful people that we are able to uh, do ministry with. And that includes you. Thank you for your ministry, for your service today. Hey, bow your heads with me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father, we thank you and we bless you for your grace, your goodness, in us. Father, I pray that you would minister to us today. pray that you would be in every one of our campuses right now and you administer to lives. You change us. Let your word come alive in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, today we want to talk to you a little bit about um, how to make your relationship, let me borrow this from you, how to make your relationship um, more God-honoring and also better. Better. I don't know about you, but uh, man, I need a better marriage every single day. I know definitely Kelly needs a better marriage every day. And so we just want to share a little bit from our hearts and from the scriptures today uh, in doing that. And, you know, really, when you think about it, um, babe, marriage is really under attack. It is. Right More than ever, our culture has just attacked families, children, parents, husbands, wives. I think that just the, I know, you know, you think back. When you were growing up, if you're older now, you, your parents used to say, oh, it was never like this in my day. And now it's like every generation, it's a little bit more difficult. The enemy has just, he's running wild. <laughs> and you know, the nuclear family is under attack. Let me, let me just say this though. There is no, there's no greater blessing for children than, than to have a good godly father and mother. That's God's plan. Now, let me tell you, it doesn't always work out like that. We have some incredible single fathers and single mothers in this house that are honoring the Lord and serving the Lord. Aren't you thankful for our single moms and our single dads that do everything they can to put food on the table, get their kids in the house of the Lord, get Jesus on the inside of, your ki- on the inside of their kids? Can we just bless our single parents uh, here today? And... Uh, but marriage is good. Marriage is good. Um, at creation, um, God says it is not good for man to dwell alone. And uh, Paul comes along and he affirms singleness as well. He says this is good because then you can work more. And I'll tell you that that is the truth. If Kelly and I have any bags under our eyes today, it's because we've been on soccer trips and soccer games and that fam, we got the family truckster going and we're doing everything that we can to keep up with these kids. It's incredible. Uh, so singleness is, is godly as well. But man, what this world needs right now is some stronger um, biblical godly marriages. And uh, that's from the Bible, but there's also some benefits to that there are. as well. I, I take care of you. <laughs> I did not know, I didn't know there there was a thing called rest until we got married. We are so opposite when it comes to that. Um, Travis would go all the time if he could. And I'm like, whoa, let's just like have a night in. Let's like, you know, kick on Netflix and and just relax. Um, So there's definitely a difference. And, you know, when you get sick, 
I'm the one going, okay, maybe you should go to urgent care. You know, maybe you should go get this checked out. So, I mean, we're definitely nurturers. We take care of our husbands. And I think we read a statistic that husbands, if you're married, you live, what, 17 years longer than single men. So, I mean, that right there just proves. I also read that if you have a stressful marriage, you have a 32% greater chance of angina, you know, of heart failure and, um, you know, just, so it, it'll get Are you, you trying both to say ways. something? I mean, you no, didn't say I said that nothing last time at all to you. Nothing <laughs> at all. I just, there are other marriages like that. Tracy, we have a perfect marriage. We never, I know you guys do too. Anybody with a perfect marriage right now, go ahead and raise your hand. Lies. Right. <laughs> well, you got to do the math on that too, the politics and know when to raise your hand, when not to, you know, it's very dangerous or point at somebody. But, you know, a 17 year, um, longer lifespan for a married man. And a lot of that is just weird. Look on, there are things, men are pretty awesome. And, and we need stronger men. Men are like trucks. You know, they run better when they have a load, you know? And so there's something that's pretty incredible about men that God designed us a certain way, but also there's some things that we're pretty oblivious to. And so it's wonderful to have just an awesome wife in your life to help you live like 17 years longer. It's not a, that big of a deal. Yeah, that's a, I mean, 17 years, that's huge. So, okay, so let's go ahead and um, let's get into the word. Today, as we do, we're going to be in the, starting in the book of Acts, and we want to look at a couple, a power couple, that should help all of us to get better in our relationship with God and our relationship uh, with others. And there are people like this couple, Aquila and Priscilla, or Priscilla and Aquila, depending on where you find them in the Bible. Um, there are people here in the church that are like that, some godly couples that, you, that are further down the road than you, and that you in some way or another have patterned your life after. If you don't have that couple, whether you're single or married, um, I would encourage you to find that person because they've been through some things, they've survived, they're still trusting the Lord, praying people. Let me just ask, by show of hands at all of our campuses, if there's somebody that you have in your life, a couple that you have in your life that you can look to to pattern your life after, just raise your hand really quickly. That's really wonderful. So thankful for that. I just want to say the people that I pattern my life after just raise their hand too. So, <laughs> And that's probably why they are that. They are that because they're learning and growing all the time. So, hey, let's look at Aquila and Priscilla's life. We're going to be in Acts chapter 18 starting in verse 1. So in Acts chapter 18, it says, Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers just as he was. Paul stayed in Corinth for some time after that, then said goodbye to the brothers and sisters and went to nearby Centria. There he shaved his head, according to Jewish custom, making the end of a vow. Then he set sail for Syria, taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. They stopped first at the port of Ephesus, where Paul left the others behind. While he was there, he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews. So bottom line today, the thing that we want you to know and understand is this, that godly, spiritual fathers and mothers are worth watching and imitating. Paul said it about himself. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I'm telling you today that there are people here in the church that you can watch, pay attention to, 
and imitate them. Uh, I would say, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. When people stop following Christ, make sure you dial that in and, and, and keep your eye on Christ. It's really about Jesus, not the couple, not the person, not the small group leader, not the pastor. So who is Aquila and Priscilla? Who are these people? Yeah, so I mean, we just read, we know that they're tent makers. And so they, they worked all together. They were, they were business leaders. Really, when you think of Aquila and Priscilla, while they were ministry leaders, their full-time vocation was a business. They were, they were making tents. They were um, Jews who were expelled from Rome uh, by the Roman emperor. Um, they were not necessarily expelled for being Christians. They were expelled for being Jews. Jews were just really problematic people for the Roman empire. And so I think if you ever get conquered as a people, it's just good to kind of be that guy so that, you know, people stop um, occupying your land and, and that sort of thing. Now, I'm not sure if you saw our social media post last week, but Travis was being really mean to me. Um, I had this awesome picture that I found. I'm a visual learner and I love preschool kids. Like I teach over in preschool. And so if you have preschoolers, I've probably had them at the 9 a.m. service, but I found this great picture and he did not like it, but it doesn't matter because I it's think like it's gonna going to make back it to, to the second screen grade today. Sunday school right now. Well, we know that, that Paul uh, was a tent maker and so were his, um, so were Aquila and Priscilla. And so, and they worked together and lived together. So, I mean, look at that. Isn't that a, don't you feel like you're connected a little bit more with them now that you see that image? I mean, somebody probably sat there and sketched that. It has like stood the test of time. So next week we're bringing the flannel graph. <laughs> <laughs> so they were tent makers. I think uh, another interesting thing about Aquila and Priscilla is they loved the Lord. They loved the Apostle Paul. They loved the ministry of the church, and so they actually brought the Apostle Paul into their home to stay with them. Uh, while they were there in uh, Corinth, while they were in Ephesus. Actually, we, we got to go be in the very place where Paul and Aquila and Priscilla were. Um, there is a passage in Acts chapter 19. Uh, we, won't, we don't have to read that. But Paul starts a riot in the city of Ephesus. Well, he didn't start the riot, but there was an incredible revival that happened. And it was so great that the goddess, the temple goddess, that they were making statues to gold statues and silver statues, the silversmiths and goldsmiths had no more customers because so many people were coming to Christ. And Ephesus wasn't just any town, it was like the largest or the second largest in the whole world. So if it was the second largest, it was only second to Rome. And so the these merchants were mad. They start this riot. And uh, in Acts chapter 19, you see that it was actually some believers that kept the apostle Paul from going into the amphitheater during the middle of this riot. He was going to speak to the people. It's what Paul does. It was like a ministry opportunity for him. And so we actually stood in that amphitheater. And this is, we got a picture here on our 10th anniversary of uh, Kelly standing in that amphitheater. Many, many years ago. <laughs> Kelly pretty much looks the same all the time. I'm like, five miles of bad road, you know, <laughs> uh, into this marriage here. But it was a pretty incredible place to be. That was the place where the apostle Paul preached. This is the place where Aquila and Priscilla 
preached. This is the place where people rioted because of the, the gospel. It's a pretty, pretty cool thing. Um, we also see one thing that I love that Aquila and Priscilla did is they, so they left Rome, went to Corinth. That's where Paul meets them in Corinth. This great gospel movement happens and then Aquila and Priscilla pick up their business and move to Ephesus because of this missionary trip. And then, you know, Paul leaves, um, leaves Aquila and Priscilla there. The, the church is actually meeting in Aquila and Priscilla's home. I think this is one of the things that I love about their ministry is they weren't just showing up in places to do ministry, but ministry was their life. It was in their home. They used their things. They used their resources. They used their influence. Yeah, so we have, um, we're going to go over a few points today. I think we have seven maybe. And the first one as is. As far as what a power couple. Right, what a, what power, a power couple, couple is. is. So the first one is partners in life. So, you know, when you're married, you do life together. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. It is a commitment that you make to do life together. And so you're going to have fun. You're going to laugh. You're going to be sick together. You're going to go through highs and lows together. And it's important, you know, in your life building and your child rearing, just to stay united, you know, be a couple that's, that stays together. Um, you know, one thing that we've loved to do over our 22 years of marriage is walk every place we've ever lived, we walk. We call it our staff meeting. There's no distractions, there's no phones, there's no kids, it's just us and the pavement. And a lot of good conversations can happen if you can just get alone, get away from distractions, and just talk. Um, sometimes if I know we're going on a walk that day, I've, I've got like this like checklist in my head, like, okay, I need to talk to him about this, this, and this today. Um, it's just good. You've got to learn how to have conversations, how to just do life together. And we, you know, we think that, you know, Aquila and Priscilla, you see in the times they were mentioned, not only in Paul's epistles, but in the book of Acts, the history of the church, we see that they didn't just do ministry together, but they were connected they were connected. I, one of the things I love so much about a, Aquila and Priscilla is that when one of them is mentioned, the other one is always mentioned. And I think that's one of my hopes for Kelly and me and then also for our church because we are a team. We're a team. We're a family. We're a unit. We're together in this thing. And so you see Aquila and Priscilla from start to finish do this. In fact, tradition tells us that it was in Ephesus after running their race that Aquila and Priscilla were actually martyred uh, for the gospel. They went all the way to the end. It wasn't just that they were trying to get to the top of the heap, but they were using the influence and the life that they built together for the advancement of the gospel. So good times, good times, bad in, times. and bad times. So, you know, I'll never forget my mom when my dad was in his last days. She was right there with him, holding his hand, ministering to him, the most challenging moments in life. And just, I want to say to you for airport and Foley campus, my mom is on the front row today and in this service. And I just want to say thank you for living a life with my dad that showed me how um, to navigate life's great challenges. Thank you for being with him through thick and thin. And actually he would say that. He would say, we're in it through thick and thin. And he said, right now I'm just thick. <laughs> so he, he was making a reference to, to, to life. But uh, thank you for that. And I want to say to every single married couple, no matter where you are in your marriage right now, whether you're on a mountaintop or you're in a valley, 
if you're together right now, I just want to bless you. Thank you for, for pressing this thing on out and not giving up and not quitting. If you want a good marriage, it's not just about the romance. It's also about the not quitting and not giving up. Can we just bless people that are here like that today? Aquila and Priscilla were also partners in love. And so that's what I would say today. You don't, you don't see anything in there about their uh, date night or how they did that, but they were together. I just imagine that they had to do some things to keep that relationship kindled. To me, they're a standout um, character in the scriptures just for that, just for that idea. And the idea of a lifelong commitment in our minds, you know, in this time of Instagram and Facebook, where you see everyone's highlight reels, it's all about being in love. It's about the romance, but there's something to be said for being committed, just for being committed and being in that thing. Partners in love and love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. It's a decision. You don't fall in love like you would fall in a ditch or fall in a hole or fall in a pothole. You choose to love someone in sickness and in health till death uh, do we part. Now, Christians, we don't really uh, believe in divorce, you know, but murder, maybe, maybe, maybe. Sometimes sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's- You're throwing in all kinds of points that aren't even in our notes. It's rough, isn't it? Sometimes it's challenging. keep one eye open when I sleep. It's challenging. I'll never take you out, baby. I I was lucky when you hitched your wagon to me, so- um, Really, really blessed, but. You know, I can remember when the kids were all little and I was exhausted. You know, they were all like two years apart. So I would have babies and toddlers and nappers and nurses, all kinds of things. And Travis still was like, no, we need to go out on a date. We need to date. We need to get a babysitter. And I was like, can I just sleep? Like, how about that? Like, be my date. Like, I just go sleep. But he was committed to having those date days. And I think we probably went out just about every single week, whether it was you know, through the McDonald's drive through and take it to the park. But we definitely took time alone apart together. And it was so important. Even when I was tired, you pursued me and made sure that that happened. I appreciate that. You know, I, I was, um, yeah, every now and then you see like a relationship guru showing up. They're talking about how to keep your marriage, your relationship, keep the spice in it, keep the flame burning. And, you know, you got to be creative and all of that. Let me just tell you some, I don't know what world other people live in. And I do think that we need to add variety to how we live. And, but I'll tell you what, if you can get, they actually said, don't go, don't do dinner in a movie. To me, dinner in a movie is awesome. It's awesome to be in a dark room with the most beautiful woman in the world. To me is that's good news right there. But even if just repetitive, just, you know, you're committed to that, that time together Boy, that's a unique thing. That's a novel thing. In this day and age, that's a wonderful thing. And so I just want to say thank you to you, baby. I love you. Thanks for going on dates with me. Thanks for saying yes the first, to the first date. So, hey, the National Marriage Project was a study of about 1,600 marriages. And it showed actually that a, a weekly date night strengthened the marriage substantially. And in a few different areas, um, communication, novelty, um, romance, and then also lowering the stress of, of what's, what's going on. So I just encourage you today, get that time, get that time uh, together. Yeah. Uh, next is partners and work. Um, we know that Priscilla and Aquila work together, like their job was together. Now, most of us 
that is not the case. We're not going to be at the same job working together every day. Um, but we do have to be partners in what our you know occupation is. You might have two people who are in a super high stress job. You know, maybe a teacher and a police officer. That those are two high stress jobs, and you have to work together in order to make your schedules work, in order to make your life work. Um, and so it's important that you that you work together on that. Um, and then, you know, you might have a, a stay-at-home mom. That is her job, and her husband's going off every day. Um, you have to be able to, you know, one thing I learned early on was it's not 50-50. You know, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm doing half of the thing. He should be doing the other half. I mean, sometimes it's like you're given, you feel like you're given more than that other person in whatever season that you're in in life. You can't, you can't count, you can't count and see who's doing more. It's just, it doesn't work that way. You have to work together and you'll go through different times, different changes and your occupation and school and things like that. And you have to make sure that you're doing that together, supporting each other um, through everything. And I think one of the key words there is complementary roles. We complement one another. It's not like a 50-50 divide because we don't do the same things. Remember how earlier, earlier, we were talking about how that getting married extends your life expectancy. Well, if it was, if everything was the same, we'd all live to the same. We don't, we, we handle things differently. Thank God that women, the vast majority of the time are nurturing. Um, that complements my life. And there are things that I do that complements your life. God designed us that way. And so working together. Also, um, one of the uh, characteristics that Aquila and Priscilla and power couples have is that they're also partners in the home. So it helps to have clear divisions of labor. Like what are you doing in the house? How are you dividing up? There's not like a clear, the Bible doesn't say like, you know, the wife does the dishes and the man cuts the lawn. You know, it's not in the Bible. But it is good if you have a clear understanding of what it is that you're doing together, those clear divisions of labor. Hey, this is the field you run in. This is the field that I run in. And, and just to be able to, to, to lay that out. And uh, just really a mutual understanding of how things happen. But then also partners in the home, you see that Aquila and Priscilla used their home for ministry. We may have, while we were in, Ephesus, we may have stood in their very home. We stood in a home that it was a very affluent, beautiful home, beautiful home that had, you know, was being restored. And there were glass mosaic tiles on the floor. They opened their home. They chose to keep their home in such a way and to steward their home in such a way that they could open their home hospitably to the church, to Paul, to other people. And you know, that partnership, that decision that this is how we're going to live. And you know what? Let me say, we need more of that at Pathway Church. We need, we need um, more small group leaders, more people opening their homes for the gospel. Let me just tell you, what we do here on the platform preaching, it's important, but it is important for the body of Christ to open their homes and their lives to one another. It's wonderful to hear it preached from the stage in a short amount of time, but it's also awesome to walk into your brothers and sisters' homes, see the pictures on their walls, you know, see how you live um, to, to receive your hospitality and also to share the gospel. They did that really well. 
Uh, next, we have partners in courage. Um, we know that Priscilla and Aquila were courageous people. Um, in Acts chapter 18, verse 24, it says, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. So here we see a learned man who knows what he's talking about, who speaks well, and he's preaching. He's telling other people about, about you know, a, the way to Jesus. And they hear him and know that they could explain something a little bit better. And so they had the courage to kind of go up to this important smart man and and tell him about Jesus and and about how to explain things better. So we know that they were courageous. We also um, see that they took Paul into their home, which I mean, I don't know how well they knew him, but I just see like these little things that they were doing that just kind of were admirable for their courage. And then lastly, we see um, in Romans chapter 16, it says, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them. So, And so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. So we see Paul saying that they once risked their lives for him. We know that they are courageous people. And I know that living in today, like I said earlier, takes courage. There's so many pressures on our families, on our children, from society, um, ideologies that are kind of coming in you know, at us like we've never seen before. We have to be courageous for our children. We have to be courageous to stand up for what we know is right in our homes and, and in our lives. And so, man, be courageous like Priscilla and Aquila. You know, the Bible says that one can put a thousand to flight, but two, 10,000. So it's awesome when one person has courage, but when you're connected to somebody that's also courageous, there's an exponential impact. It's also a blessing too, when you're in a marriage where one of you feels discouraged, but the other one encourages you, puts courage into you. And so sometimes both of you will be uh, discouraged, but usually it's one is feeling low and the other one can come and scoop you up and vice versa. And so just a really uh, great thing um, that couples can do to be strong, to be strong. Um, Aquila and Priscilla are, or power couples are also partners in the church. Um, when, when you look at the New Testament church and the church in the book of Acts, you can't look at it without seeing the fingerprints of Aquila and Priscilla. And when I look at Pathway Church, I can't help but see the fingerprints of some amazing families that have blessed the church over many years. And I just want to say, 70 plus years into the history of Pathway Church, to all of the people who have set the bar high, who have set a standard, who have shown us how to love Jesus, who sold the chicken dinners, who have helped build buildings, who have helped launch campuses, who have cared for one another during times of need, who, who didn't just go through the pastoral care system to care for people, but stepped up and served people as they were going through things. I honor you for the history and the legacy that you have created through your lives and through your ministry. Thank you for loving your church. So thankful for that. Um, I would say that right now, commitment to anything has never been lower. You can move from relation to relationship. 
You can move from church to church. You can move from job to job. And I'm not even decrying all of that. I I do have a problem with just low commitment uh, uh, in general. Um, Look, if if you can make more money, make more money. Do, Do all of those things. But there is something to be said for the long haul of just doing the right thing over and over and over again. We tend to, actually, if we, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Actually, it's great to have Sam Keel back with us. He's leading worship over at Foley Campus. So thankful for them. There's something to be said for that long haul commitment. We tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term. And we underestimate what we can do in the long term. If you haven't seen the results you want, but you're making godly decisions, I just want to encourage you today. Don't quit. Keep going. Keep watering that field. Keep fertilizing that field. Keep tending that field. In due season, if you don't faint, you'll reap a great harvest. I thank God for the people in my life that have made long-term commitments to me to raise me, to befriend me, to be married to me, to do ministry with me. How awesome would it be if we had a whole church full of people that were committed for the long haul, committed to God, committed to our neighbors and not giving up in that, in that journey. You know, Aquila and Priscilla really had that kind of commitment to the Apostle Paul. It's pretty incredible. Now, we don't see Aquila or Priscilla as authors of any books of the Bible like the Apostle Paul was or Mark was. That doesn't mean that they were less impactful in their ministry or that they were like a a two-bit player in this thing. They were heavily impactful on the gospel of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, in their community, the church globally. Apollos was like a Billy Graham and they're speaking into his life. And there towards the end of Paul's life, Paul kind of tips his hat to the kind of influence um, that they had. We want to share that with you uh, here. Check this out. So these are, uh, this is an article from Tim Breen um, in reflecting on the life of Aquila, Priscilla, and Paul. He said, I just wonder if whenever Paul sat down to write 2 Corinthians, he might also have been thinking about Priscilla and Aquila. Perhaps he was reflecting on the good old days around the tent making table. Maybe in the sewing, the cutting, the praying, and the planning, he found a bit of perspective on his life. For we know, this is 2 Corinthians, for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands, for while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that this is mortal, what is mortal, may be swallowed up by life. See, when you're a tent maker, always patching holes, always repairing tears, always setting up and taking down, you long for something more. You long to see people in crisis be rescued. Your heart burns for the next generation of believers. You look to a heavenly home and know that your life is always in Christ. 
you can see that someday what you have stitched and sewn, where you have invested, and the stakes you have sunk, as fleeting as they seem now, will matter forever. I love that. That the very profession and career that the Apostle Paul and Aquila Priscilla had became the example or the illustration or the metaphor that Paul would use talking about the bodily resurrection, talking about what God wanted to do in us. These are the people that were on his mind. Aquila and Priscilla, they are a couple that are worth imitating. And you know, that's the kind of people that I want to be, and I pray that you are. And I know that God is writing that story. I see evidence of it all around. And I'm just so thankful to the Lord for what he's doing here in each one of us. So whether you're single and you're never going to get married, you're married and you wish you weren't married. If you're married and you're asking God that he would help you in your marriage. If you're married and your spouse doesn't come to church with you. If you're single and you want to get married, you have somebody on your mind and there's nobody on the field anywhere that you can see. Here's what I would ask. It's that you strive to be the person that God has called you to be. And you keep going after Jesus and allow God to mold and shape our lives. The Holy Spirit to direct us in every decision that we are making so that God can finish the work that he started in us today. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.